Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. Thank you for joining us back this week. Um, Myself, Ashley Chandler, Pastor Jim Parkin, and this week we're so grateful to have back on It's Been a Minute, um, Project Manager Chris Dobeck from Freedom Center Church. So thank you so much, dude, for coming back on. I am honored to be on today's show. It's uh, I love always being asked, and it's always uh, you don't think you have much wisdom to share, but when when somebody else calls it out of you, you're always like humbled oh. to do it. So no, <laughs> so good. Some of um, yeah, no, you. I've I've always really loved the conversations, and you just are. There's so many amazing things about you, Chris Dobek. So we're just super cool to have you back on. So yeah, the last Thanks. time we had you on was um, last year, just talking about all the changes. Um, Man, Freedom Center Church did incredible things throughout yeah. pandemic, um, through all the change, constant changes week to week, um, separating, I mean, everything you were just saying a minute ago, ushering people to their seats, you know, assigned seating, signing up for service, um, all the different kids areas. There's weeks that we didn't have kids stuff because of all the things and stuff. So, um, yeah, Freedom Center did a lot of stuff and that was, that was awesome. So, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like many places, we had no idea uh, how COVID traveled or like what, how long we needed to be in the same place. So we were trying to, everything we could, you know, it started out with drive-in services. I think I talked about last time I was on, we had people pull up and it was, uh, and we literally lined up cars and we put uh, Pastor Jim on a hill and he preached a sermon outside. And then uh, when things started getting colder, we were trying to figure out a safe way to bring people inside. And it was, okay, let's do it like movie theater style as much as we can and ushering people to their seats. And we, we tried to continue to honor people, you know, because yeah. when you're not, we you don't have a choice and you're being forced to sit somewhere. It's definitely not a, it's not a good feeling, but as much as we can start conversation. And I know that prayer that happened from people ushering to them to the seats. So it, it definitely was a time to meet people like uh, Carrie Downs, our former marriage ministry director. She talked about how I've never had such meaningful conversations by just helping people find a seat, you know, because awesome. it was it was the from the door to their seat in the main auditorium. You know, you had all that time to talk and, hey, I've never met you. What's your name? You know where you're from. And I honestly think we're uh, we're definitely uh reaping what has been sown in 2021 and in 2020 as far as like this is we did a lot of hard things but relationship came out of the hard things so now now that now that we're somewhat back to normal we're still being cautious in some ways but people can freely you know roam around the building and they can uh, find their seats on their own and stuff like that but people that came during that time saw a church that cared and I think that was all the pastor Jim and Dina's leadership as far as like figuring out how can we do this safely, but honor the people that come to this church. Right. Right. Well, and what I'm remembering, what I was going to say a minute ago was um, actually from last week, talking with Pastor Carl, um, that church really was uh, in some ways, some ways not, you know, but in many ways, kind of the one constant community that people could grasp onto. Um, And so I know I felt extremely grateful that, and, you know, because I've, I've been on staff 
And I know just even maybe just a little window of the responsibility that you, that Freedom Center carries in this community for your, for everybody on staff and leadership, um, that you do your best to make sense for, you know, the majority, but, but still consider every aspect not just, you know, well, 60% want it this way. So we're doing, but, you know, really trying to care for everybody. Um, and also knowing that no matter what you do, you're kind of in a catch 22, you know, in yeah. some ways too, you know, um, we, we put out a, we put out a form and we're like, this will help us tell us, you know, what's really going on in the church. And we sent it to everybody through email and our teams and everything like that. I remember we got it back and we like, we learned nothing. It's like a 50, 50 <laughs> split everywhere, no matter what. And it was, you know, we could have asked any question about the pandemic is, do you want to have service open? Do you feel comfortable? All this stuff. And everybody had a different experience experience because everybody's different. Yeah. Like, right. I think we've learned the most even about, you know, pandemic times and COVID times. Everybody's affected differently. And yeah. all we can do is just try to keep the majority of people safe. And you also have to use your own wisdom, you know. Yeah. So we really we really went off that in 2020 and then in 2021. And then now getting back to it, we've really put it back on the congregation of, you know, you know, a good amount of the facts, like only so much we can do. And if you're not feeling well, use wisdom. You know, right, right. you know, if, if you feel comfortable uh, coming into the building, but you're not comfortable that way, like wear your mask. You know, we're not we're not here to judge you. We're here to keep people safe. Yeah. So if we can corporately worship together while being safe, that's yeah, a win win. <laughs> right. Man, well, I can remember those in those early times. So the phone calls, the phone calls that I get from Pastor Jim and Dina, you know, yeah. and they'd ask me and I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, you got to close it down. But then yeah. hearing people be like, can you believe they're closing down? service and then i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no it was um it, as far as decisions to be made it was hard every week was right. so hard it was you know we heard about these people getting covid they were either at an event or they were at a leadership meeting and it was just like you know how do we keep this contained because there are older people in our congregation and yeah. there are people right. with a lot of health conditions and you know thankfully right. i you know i i had covid early on and i was just fine but that's not the case for everybody my right. my right. father-in-law just fought for his life for a month and a half um mm-hmm. COVID and it was scary times and by miracle he pulled through but people like that it's like yeah we need to take every precaution necessary you know if it's shutting the building down for a week that's okay and so going back and forth constantly of like no the people need to have the right to make the decision and then it's just like but we also need to think about the people that aren't going to keep themselves safe so right it was constantly a conversation every Monday to evaluate. And thankfully, uh, Pastor Jim Parkin was always able to help us you know, navigate some yes. uncharted territories because we had no idea what we were doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was strange times and it's hard too, because, you know, people, people, you know, in our congregation have their, their other people that they go to pastors from YouTube and, and stuff like that. Which I mean, I do that. Yeah. I see a new Francis Chan message. I'm typically going to check them out. Yeah. You know, because these days they're kind of few and far between. But but you'd have other pastors around the country posting themselves everywhere, saying like insinuating like churches like ours yeah. were cowardly, you know. And then you have all this stuff and people are feeling all the feels. And a lot of it's just mental health stuff, because for everybody in our country, this is the first time we've been through a pandemic like of this magnitude. Yeah. Right. So it just. It was, I'm extremely proud to be a part of a church body that was able to handle it like we handled it. Because it's, yeah. Yeah. even when it was ugly and people were mad and stuff like that, it was, 
I think we passed with flying colors, if you ask me. I'm biased. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, you don't don't sign up ahead for hard times like this, right? You just just say, hey, I'm here, and I'm going to do the thing. Like... I don't, I don't know. I think I think about things where um, people could opt out. They could right. say, no, I'm not up for this. I'm I'm yeah. going to go home and do the quarantine thing, and I'm not, whatever. But um, just thank you from – just thank you so much because you guys continue to dig in and make those sacrifices and continue trying to navigate all those hard decisions prayerfully. Um, and so just thank you. Thank you for doing yeah. that. I, I would uh, actually, honestly, I, I would take the credit, but honestly, it just, I just got to be a part. Like it really was, um, first of all, God who gave us direction and like a lot of times in prayer and fasting, cause we had no idea what we we're doing, but honestly, uh, you know, if you are familiar with Freedom Center Church at all, you know that we are strong believers and kingdom builders and um, the above and beyond giving to be able to reach out to the community. And that's what kept kept the doors going or kept the building going as far as like things we could do. Because, you know, Pastor Carl, uh, which was on last week, talked about uh, he met with uh, churches throughout the pandemic and just it was financially tough for everybody. And it was, it was hard, but thankfully people believed in what the church was doing. And, um, instead of, I, I, this story always rings true, but I remember the first week it was like, okay, everything's closed. And, uh, you know, it was like, okay, you know, everybody stay home and church is closed, whatever, you know, we're going to fall in line. And, you know, we, we did, and she, and God really spoke to her and pastor and said, this is a time where people are going to need the church the most. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so like right. she went up there and I, Ashley and Jim, I don't know if you ever got the opportunity, but like she was working in the lobby because nobody else was at the church. She was working mm-hmm. in the lobby. She set up an eight foot table with like tons of documents and a laptop and the calendar and just everything she could possibly do to reach out. So whether that was uh, people came, uh, we had uh, great communication with the hospitals uh, because of uh, Pastor Jim Parkins connection, but also in people in the medical field uh, that reached out, the Mott Foundation reached out uh, to help sponsor with hospital meals. And we were able to partner with Cafe Rama that were struggling because of um, business was super slow because people weren't coming in. And, I, you know, yeah. I would say like, yeah, it was all of our idea. And we totally planned it this way, but it was all God. We had no idea what we were doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nina literally just went back to the church and said, what can we do to help? And literally things after things fell into uh their lap. And then the staff was like, yeah, let's do it. So then by the end of it, people were delivering donuts to people and healthcare workers and making sure the people at stores know they were loved because everybody was, people were upset because they were scared. You know, it wasn't right. a time of yeah. like, people didn't understand what was happening. So unfortunately the people that still worked every day were getting uh, spit on the most, I guess is the way to say it of like people really got hurt during that time even though they were supposed to be the, our heroes right like the uh what, the, what was the term that people used um frontline heroes there is the word frontline workers and yeah, or it, essential or whatever yeah essential workers and you know that term when it got said was like oh yeah so that means like you know hospitals and police and it's like honestly to keep the world going you need a store you need gas right. station like yeah. really every job to a sense is essential. Like, right. you know, there's, everybody there's, has their part. <laughs> right. That's what makes like, up the community. So to yeah. say that, to, to say that a lot of people stayed home is true, but a lot of the people that were 
um, like gas station attendants, people that worked at Target, like they were called essential workers when they saw everybody else stay at home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a strange times, man. One of my favorite memories though, if you can have one during this time, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't remember if, if they had gotten exposed or not. I know that, that Dina made it until just last week, you know, yeah. <laughs> it finally <laughs> caught up with their act. All the right. Man. Well, it's funny too. Cause when I got sick, I had counted like 351 shifts before it got me, you know what yeah. I mean? So, but I, everybody I, I think, I think maybe when some of the students I think were exposed and then pastor Jim thought he might've been exposed. Yeah. And then he called me like, Saturday night. I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't yeah. feel sick. I don't think I am sick. But it was kind of like at a pivotal time when it had been shut down. Okay, it's going to be okay. Another shutdown. Okay. We're, we're going to, it's almost over. Then we're going to shut down again. And I think it was, we were borderlining on people turning hopeless. So I can remember telling him, like, he said, should I just stay home? Should I have Pastor Carl preach? I was like, no, man, you, right now you got to be there. Like, even if you stay in your office or in Dina's office and come out just to preach, like yeah. they have to be able to see you. It's yeah. like, yeah. it was like a very crucial, like they, we have to see you or people are going to start. Yeah. Kinda... I remember that service. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. You bring that up. I, I remember that service and it, you know, you need, as Ashley was saying earlier, the church was the constant and we were trying right. our hardest to keep the doors open when we could. And obviously, you know, another thing that we haven't even touched on, but, uh, you know, we had no idea what the future hold, held back before 2020, but God knew that we were going to utilize live stream like we've never before utilized because we, a few years prior, we said, you know, this is going to be an investment that Kingdom Builder is going to be a part of, and we're going to upgrade all of our equipment to the best equipment we can get. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, why do, why do we need that? Because we need people in the building. And it was like, right. But, you know, there's people out of state and we want to do house campuses eventually. And, you know, we had, we had kind of the, the frame, but we had no idea what was going up like totally. Yeah. And yeah. when we had that equipment, we had churches, you know, obviously everybody was panicking. So everybody was buying, you know, the nicest cameras they could, but everything was starting to go out of stock because of yeah. you know, um, like right. company issues. And, you know, thankfully Freedom Center Church was set up and we actually were able to help other churches record their live stream stuff because of the equipment we had. So right. Like, like I said, I, I would sit here and love to say like, yeah, we planned all of this and we took all the credit, but it was just, oh man, like, that's yeah. all we can do. <laughs> we can, we For can sure. only just report back to right. God. Right. So it's, it's cool now to be kind of, you know, kind of on the other side of that. Yeah. You kind know, of. you never, you never know, you know, yeah. that's what they call in, in healthcare and like the virologists and all the people who are super smart that study all this stuff. Now they talk about that we'll go into what's uh, known as an endemic. An endemic is typically is like flu, right? Okay. So there'll be seasons. There'll be a little shorter flare-ups of COVID season. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like it depends state to state. Kind of like warm weather states, you know, it's their flu season and, and, well, and eventually their COVID season or whatever you call it is more when it's super hot because everybody's inside in the air conditioning, right? Oh, that's that's why Yeah, that's that why sense. it affects us in the winter because everyone's hmm. inside because it's super cold. Yeah. It's, just, right. it's just the opposite. So as yeah, we get cool. further into that, it'll be, it's always, 
it's always going to be a thing where we'll have to adjust on the fly and, you know, so it's just cool that we're set up. We're kind of set up now to, to kind of just flow with it. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do. If any, if anything, being on freedom center church staff has taught me is, you know, you, you got to always be Gumby as you know, I like to say, because it, things can change. Events can get canceled. I mean, we had a missions weekend that we canceled just because we did have a flare up and it was, right. you know, we were about to send, you know, 10 people in a van together that we don't know who they've been around. And, you know, we're about to go send them to pray over a community that they could expose. And it's like, do we really want to be responsible for that? So it was like, you know what, in everybody's best interest, we're going to play it safe, but you know, we always have to just make sure we're flexible. And you know what? Yeah. If the plan doesn't work out, let's just move to the next thing because mm-hmm. that's that's only that's only what we called it. Like we're not just called to quit the game; we're just called to to change the play a little bit, right? We're called. Yeah. We're, we got to make sure we call the audibles, and we're and that the staff is okay with the audibles. You know, that was uh, something that you know Pastor Dina, Pastor Jim, and Dina had to preach over and over and over again. Of like, it might not work this way. Let's make a plan B, and let's make a plan C, and let's make a plan D. And it was like. Right. It's like, what plan are we on now? I think we're on F. What is this? <laughs> right. Man. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Th- I mean, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to invest all that energy and then and then try to like, and especially for, I mean, we went through all the training on the disc and stuff too, to have yeah. all the folks that like, we're so good at, we, ju- we did all that time to research and put the plan into place. And now I have no idea what I'm doing now, you know, that's really hard. So, I mean, that's really wise to just say, okay, within that planning, here are yeah. some breakdowns of how we can already foresee making some changes when we need to. So that's, that's very wise. Last year's Easter. um, We had a big plan for inside the building. We're going to welcome people back and it's, you know, that's going to be a big moment for people and cases kept going up and up and up. And it was like, okay, a lot of people, this is going to be the first time back in the building. Do we really want that first time back to be a full exposure and people get sick and hurt. And so we're like, okay, what can we do to bring people together, but do it safely? So we rented a massive tent <laughs> and yep. it was so cold, but we took all the equipment from the main auditorium outside and we set up a tent and we, we had Easter service in a tent on a Sunday morning. We brought the, we bought the cafe out. So if you've been inside Freedom Center Church before, we have like an espresso bar. We brought the espresso bar out. We brought the red carpet. <laughs> we parked people in the grass and you know what? We had church and that's, and that's all right. we could do, you know, and it, we just really had to change. And, you know, the creative team was already working on a video project and they're like, we, we put all this time into recording these stories. What are we going to do with them? It's like, We'll save them for another event, you know, because we didn't have a screen outside. It was going to be morning, so it wasn't like we could project. So we literally just learned to flow with things. And now when, honestly, when things change little, like a little change with the staff, it doesn't ruffle our feathers as already used to because we've learned that we have to be flexible. You know, it it really made the team stronger. You know, you had to really want to be there, you know, and you knew you had to be called by God to be there. So, yeah, that's awesome. And see, yeah, it's funny that- you guys mentioned it like that because the entirety of my adult life has been just things change. <laughs> like, you know, I get somebody in the ambulance, this could go one of 70 ways. <laughs> and we have 10 minutes to get to Hurley. Let's see how this is going to go. And it's yeah, so, that's a more extreme version of what we're dealing with. Yeah. That sounds like, horrible. You know, sounds horrible just, to me. I hate that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard to grow. 
<laughs> to be okay with. Oh yeah. Man. My my world. It's it's debits and credits, man. It's the same way every time for my entire lifetime. You know. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's good to to. I mean, we we know in theory we should be constantly learning, like never getting stagnant in those things and stuff. But to actually do it, it, it takes effort. <laughs> it takes effort. You know. As much consistency as you can build, I think even what, you know, even Jim's experience and talking with ambulance stuff, like, you know, I, so uh, just, just uh, two months ago now, I had a daughter and, you know, we brought her home for the first time and the first day was great. And then Katie said, she was like, I'm really starting not to feel well. And I'm starting to get in a little panic. I'm like, okay. And then she's trying to feed the baby while she's throwing up. And I'm like, what's happening? And I'm getting concerned. She's freaking out and she's got a medical background. So I'm like, this isn't good. Like what's happening? And we ended up calling an ambulance and I, and it's already, it's late at night and the ambulance shows up to the house and my mom's there and I'm already sleep deprived. And you know, the, the thought of like, this can go a million different ways. I don't, I'm stressed and terrified. And all I could say was, God, I trust you. Cause I'm so, I was so scared. Uh, thankfully we got to the ER and, uh, they, they did a quick checkup on her and they said that, you know, there's nothing that we're too concerned about. Um, and thankfully we had an appointment with the, our doctor the next day, but you know, it was, it's, it's definitely a scary moment, but I think even with, you know, Jim's experience of being in the ambulance, this is go 90 ways, but God, I'm doing what you've called me to do. <laughs> and it's in that moment for me, it was, it was being a husband and a father. And it was like, I don't feel like I'm doing that good of a job. But I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I can tell you. So, and I, and I've shared this story before, but when it comes to that, so when Griffin was little, when he's three months and he was just can, like sick, like a cold and he was having a little bit of trouble breathing. And it's the thing when you do healthcare as a job, a lot of times you like, you're way too relaxed in certain okay. circumstances. I was like, yeah. he's fine. He's he'll be okay. He's fine. And I'd check his little lungs and it's okay until it really manifested. And he had a pretty significant pneumonia in the left lung. So now he's like sick and he's this thing that babies do when they are, their work of breathing is too hard. Then he starts to get tired out and he's kind of slumped over. So Carrie takes him to the pediatrician. Then they're like, Oh, holy smoke. So they call an ambulance, but not me. I was working, but I was involved across town at this point in a whole different thing. So Carrie calls me. I go to the doctor. This other crew shows up, you know, so now they're seeing me. I've been a medic for a while, longer than them. And they get out and they're like, oh, is this like, is this you guys' call? I'm like, no, 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 this is my son. And yeah. I need you to take him to Hurley and, and do what I know that, that you know how to do. You know, and I said all those things. But when they shut the doors on me and took off, like, I know everything they're going to do. Right. Right. I know how it's going to go. I know all the things, but still the helplessness. I mean, there's a, there's a second there where you're just like, oh, this is bad. I have no control over. Yeah. You know, and, and Ashley's been with me. She's ridden along. So she's seen me on calls. And when I'm on calls, I have, I have this certain amount of control over what's happening. You know, but to not, you know, despite knowing everything that would happen in what order, what would happen to him when he got to the ER and everything went just like that. But when they shut the doors and drove away, I'll tell you what, like father to father, dude, yeah, it was terrible. 
I mean, I just, I, <laughs> you know, I might even get emotional talking about it, but literally my wife looked at me while she was on the stretcher and said, she's not, you're not going to leave me. Are you? And I like, <laughs> you know, it wrecked me. Right. <laughs> and it was like, I have my, my daughter that was just born and they don't have uh, ride alongs in the ambulance right now because of COVID. So I'm literally sitting there like sleep deprived two in the morning or whatever time it was. It was so late. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I literally did not know the decision to, and what the right decision was because I got to leave my daughter with my mom and I got to go look after my wife at the hospital. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a moment I won't forget, but it's, uh, it definitely makes you, you understand why there's a thing called faith and you have this uh-huh. thing called relationship because things that are out of your control are terrifying and amazingly stressful. But right. if you just say, God, it's yours, then that's all you can do. You just cast your cares on him, you know? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, it's wild, that's, though. That, no, that's wild, wild because what I, I did that to Nick. So four weeks after Kalina was born, so our first baby, yeah. I'm I'm not doing too great. And so we left Kalina with friends downstairs. Okay. And they, no. Yeah. And Shelby and Nick drove, were, were driving me back to the hospital. I passed out in the back seat and I wake up to paramedics. <laughs> like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and so he, Nick was like, I don't know how long it was, but the few minutes that it took, like waiting on the side of the road and you're not responding and we're waiting for an ambulance. He was like, it was the worst thing I'd, I'd ever experienced. Um, he lost his phone in the ditch somehow, somewhere like flinging around, like freaking out and stuff. Um, why does anybody talk about this with birth, by the way? Because nobody, would you want, would you want to know though? I mean, do you want, this is where mothers, more babies. No, mothers, (laughs) mothers talk about about this. this. Yes. And I've had people say like, don't scare moms with these horrible, like stories. I would have liked the heads up. Yeah, but nothing like was, that was going to happen. It was going to be uh, fine. <laughs> I mean, for for us, I was like, man, the, what I need to, I was describing being in the hospital, you know, like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I was like, man, I got through it. I can't believe it. And then we got home and it was a whole new level. Like, you know, when, you know, so Ashley, your story is similar, um, just a lot closer. So it was, we were home for a day. Uh, Katie blacked out on the bathroom floor. <sighs> and, I just, and I just like... <laughs> you know, baby's crying. I'm by myself. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a new dad and I, you know, Katie's got experience with babies, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I thought it'd kind of be a, a learn as we go thing. And first day I'm just on my own and I'm, I'm absolutely terrified. And I didn't know from that moment is she like, you know, like, you know, even you were saying with Nick, like you, what you passed out for a little bit, like, I'm not, you know, the thing that goes through your head, which is a terrible thought is like, I'm, am I going to raise this child? I'm, am I going to be on my own? Like, right. and yeah, it's a, it's a night I'll never forget, but man, did I, did I learn what desperate faith was in the matter of minutes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Friend, so, I'm, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Oh, I don't apologize. I, no, no, I know, I know, but just as like, gosh, I, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, cause it's not like you walk yeah. around and be like, Hey, guess what happened to me last week? You know, type thing, <laughs> right. but it was crazy, <sighs> but also like. I'm glad that you guys are okay. I'm glad. Oh that yeah, everything's I, I, you know everything's great now. You know, I, I was sharing. I think Jim knows, and actually, I'll kind of fill you in too. But you know, after that crazy scenario with Katie, and then a week later, 
uh, Katie's dad uh, gets COVID and um, is at home and his blood oxygen level gets down to uh, 58, 56. And he's like, I need to get to a hospital now. Uh, he gets to the hospital. They um, put him on a vent within a few hours. Uh, they're at a hundred percent vent power. He's on his stomach. They tell us they need to start um, pretty much. We need to start getting our affairs in order. Um, and we're just praying our guts out. Cause it was like, he just met his granddaughter like a few days before for the first time. And like, we weren't sure if that was the last time that she was, you know, all that. And so we're freaking out about that with a new baby at home. And, um, he was out for two and a half weeks and almost no three weeks and he was unconscious and he, he woke up and, uh, he, he beat COVID. He's at home now. Uh, he's mm-hmm. recovering with, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, rehabilitation as far as like just walking and getting stronger, but man, that was a, that was a huge answer to prayer. So we really, we really learned how strong our faith was over the yeah, last, man. You, know, you know, last okay, two months. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a ringer. Let me tell you, but I, like I said, I, I don't know how people go through stuff like this without God. I, know. I don't, I don't uh, get it. <laughs> yeah. I know. So it's funny. Cause I'm writing, uh, I've started writing a book. I so loved today, your post today. It was so yeah. freaking sweet. I'm so excited to read this book. <laughs> so today I started writing because it's the freshest in my mind. So I'm yeah. just, so Chris, I'm going through and just a bunch of different calls, different stories, times throughout my career. And oh, the I idea, <laughs> the heart, the heart behind it is that not that I just, cause I fully agree that post-traumatic stress is a thing. What I'm trying to help, like the new medics and new uh, first responders coming up understand is it doesn't necessarily, like, basically to not let a well-meaning society put a label on you and then let that label be your identity, if that makes sense. Yep. Because it really, like, I've seen a lot of things and it's it hasn't wrecked my life. You know, I'm not, I don't struggle with that. It's just, I've. I was just wired a certain way to be able to do a certain thing. But anyway, so today I started writing the chapter that's going to be kind of my perspective, what the COVID year, the first year, at least the bad COVID um, or first COVID, we call it, what that looked like for me. And it was, yeah, talk about faith challenging. And a lot of it was not so much like the, the people, so many people around me dying and seeing such sickness and stuff like that a lot of it would be i would go through my day and then want to come home and entertain myself with social media and then just be like man these people that i know and love and they're saying things and i'm like how like so it's a good chapter it'll be a good chapter of my kind of reconciling with that yeah and and for some it's going to sting a little you know because i mean i'm not i don't call anybody out other than my wife (laughs) that's gonna go well (laughs) no no she knows she knows okay with that that's so what happened so i've been a paramedic a long time when covid hits and a fireman and she had never once ever obviously be careful be careful i love you things like that but with covid she actually said the words i don't want you to die i'm like i've been in a fully on fire building and you never said that like, and I'm not superstitious. So I didn't feel like I was jinxed, but I was like, wow, this, it really hit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of all yeah, the yeah. things. When you're, when you're getting ready for your day and your, your, your spouse tells you, 
I don't want you to die going to work. It's like, what? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Die? Well, I don't that's even what like was on the table. Be careful. <laughs> like, right. Be safe. I don't even like that. I'm like, shh. <laughs> It'll be okay. No, but, yeah. but I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, I don't understand. And people do it. I know people that are, are drudging through life, you know, and are non-believers and they, they don't, you know, they, they, at this point, try as I may, they have no desire, you know? So it's just. Yeah, Jim, you talked about, uh, you talked about, you know, getting off your shift for the day and then jumping onto social media with all the, you know, going back and forth all day long. And it was, social media became really toxic and yeah. it was really like, you think it was something to keep community together, but it really, it really tore people apart as far as like, I feel like mm-hmm. people could press the share button or the enter button and they could right. just walk away. And then that right. sparked people's emotion. And I, you know, I, it, I'm, I won't give too much detail, but like, you know, there was people in my life that would say, uh, you know, I'd invite them over for dinner or something. And, you know, we talk about who's coming and whatever, like, Oh, I, I can't come to that. And I was like, okay, are you concerned about COVID or whatever? Like, no, I saw who they support and I'm not a fan of that. And it was like, what? Wow, yeah. <laughs> like we're, well, we're shutting people out because of their beliefs, either in government or because of uh, medical issues. Like this is not how the body of Christ is supposed to, like mm-hmm. these were people that I, you know, I love and care for. And so I, I had a really good conversation afterwards and I just said, this is not how as Christians and followers of Christ, like, no matter what our political beliefs, but no matter what our uh, um, medical beliefs are, like we still mm-hmm. believe in the same God that can heal yeah. and that you know, grows us. So like, we're not going to talk about how we're not going to have dinner with each other. Like if you're concerned about COVID, that's a different story. But if you're just talking about, you don't want to be around the same people that don't have the same agreements with you. That's not what this Christian faith is about. So right. just, it definitely opened up. I remember up <laughs> one of the times I just, I, I posted and it just from the heart, I'm like, man, there's going to be a day when we have to come back in that building and we're going to all have to see each other. I remember that. Yep. You know, like, <laughs> and like there was a couple people, dude, we had, I think it was, was it Pastor Carl's birthday when they had like an outdoor barbecue? Yeah. 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 Yep. Was, was yeah. that during COVID season? Yeah. In the parking lot. Yep. 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 It was in but, June. Cause his birthday's in June, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were trying to figure out what to, how, or Faye was trying to figure out what to do for him. And uh, that was supposed to be a surprise party. And I definitely said it in the middle of a staff meeting. <laughs> oh, and you did at me. oh, yes. I definitely didn't That's read the awesome. description when she sent out the invite. I don't think he even caught it, though, because he was he was about to start talking about uh, groups at the time. And he was trying to catch up on his notes. So he was ready to present. Totally not even and I, 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 Yeah, I said it. And everybody just looked at me. And I was like, what? <laughs> Anyways, continue. that's amazing. Back about you. But, but, uh, yeah, there was, there was a couple, a couple buddies that I had, you know, that words were shared. And, and then I said that post and they, I saw them and they were like, like, didn't want to look me in the eye. And I was like, man, we're okay. Like, yeah. I, I chalk up that whole thing. And even now, to some extent, the, the social media dilemma that we're all in is a lot of, you know, a lot of people still don't know where to turn. They don't know how to voice their opinion. They don't know how to have yeah. a conversation. There's a lot of mental health junk. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of just, I, yeah. I want to be known. I want to be heard. And this is my opinion. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. And so that's been a, you know, a growth thing for me to learn to, you know, 
to just not even re- to see it and be like, mm, and then on with my day and, yeah. you know, and not let it, let it drag me down. Cause I, I like the idea of I'm not on social media, but then I also, but someone's got to be there cause there's still some people that need to be yeah. loved. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a hard kind of, but there's still, there's still loving to do even in that space. Amen. Well, what I what I did ended up doing at least for Facebook was later last year was it? No, later in 2020, I think in the fall. Oh shoot, I don't know. The, yeah, it this was like is, 2020, man. Was it 20? Okay, yeah, it's it a was, whole it black. Yes, time. you're right. You're right. 2020. Um, I ended up going doing what Faye does. She, I got off. I deleted the app off my phone. And yeah. so I have to check Facebook on my computer. So if I'm sharing stuff for, you know, house church or lighthouse or, you know, prison project or whatever it is, sharing, you know, I, it used to be, you know, when Miss Dina would say, you know, if you could share services, you know, right now, get out and pull out your phones and share service. Um, I haven't done that on my phone in the sanctuary. I can do it later when I get home, but I don't do it on right. my phone, you know. So um, I did change some of those things because it was getting to the point where if I check stuff in the morning or at night, like I was I was going to bed, I could feel it in my chest. I was I was stressed mm-hmm. and anxious, yeah. and, I, and I was waking up still that way. Um, yeah. And so I, I had to kind of back off so, on some stuff because, I mean – Yes, I'm trying to get better at having those hard conversations, but sometimes it's I kind of assume somebody doesn't want to have a conversation because they seem so strong about yeah. what they think. Yeah, yeah. So then I just I'm like, well, I'm not even going to try, which isn't a good way to do it. I think that um, I mean, Jim, you've you've done that so well in a lot of ways, and like Pastor Carl and Pastor Ian and stuff. Like they're just so good about having conversations and not having yeah. to. Make it a big deal. I'm I'm trying to get more that way. Um, but seeing seeing all that stuff on social media really did a number on my heart. In twenty, 20- I don't think it's only you, Ashley. I think it's I think it's a lot of people. And yeah, it, you know, this might stir some stir some feathers, but I, you know, I think social media. I think everybody knows this as far as, but it definitely shows the highlights of your life, right? You know, you post yeah. the the pictures you had of your vacation and stuff like that. And then during uh, lockdown times, we definitely uh, used it as a, as a platform to voice our opinions. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I just really couldn't get on the bandwagon with that. And maybe it's just because my, my beliefs are strong, but I don't, I'm not a very opinionated person. Like I'd yeah, love to same. hear people out and I, I love to hear what their thoughts are and their like their take on things. So Honestly, I just use social media for funny gifts and memes. Like I know that sounds really <laughs> maybe cop out no, of me, man. but no, I'm, uh, I, I get online because I think things are funny, and I want to and I want to see something that makes me laugh. And you know, even at home, I, I've actually I think I've probably adopted this more than ever. I haven't watched a serious movie in a long time. I only watch yeah. funny stuff because like <laughs> yep. I think life life itself has too serious of moments. And it has really hard days. There's really good days too, but there's really yeah. hard days. And I don't. I don't need to stress myself out about a movie that doesn't isn't real, <laughs> you know. And it's. I and feel it's the same way. Yeah. Like, if it's well directed and all that stuff, but if I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and my heart is pounding about a movie that's just a script and it's not real, like, what is the effort that I'm giving to it? And this isn't the case with everybody. I just I don't want to give the amount of emotional energy that I'm going to give to this film. Just 
because I'd rather just laugh my butt off and then think, man, that was really good. No, that totally makes sense. Dude. I I hear you with that. Now I like a good, I like a, a good, you know, war movie. I'm not gonna lie, but like nope. these last last couple years, <laughs> like we've watched. Carrie and I have watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the a good whole one. series like three or four times. Seinfeld. Yeah is on often oh we just had Seinfeld on I think you're officially old when you start thinking Seinfeld yeah (laughs) really we've really gotten into that um obviously the office is always a fan favorite but oh yeah it is it is uh it is good to come home from a long day even you know and you know I say long day I work in ministry so I am blessed to have my career but even even jobs in ministry can have hard days and so it's good to come home yeah. and sit with your wife and new baby and laugh at uh, George Costanza at a joke that still applies <laughs> to, to today, even though the, the show was shot 25 years ago, you know? Yep. <laughs> My former partner had a Costanza wallet. He still does. He still does to where sometimes so he can sit comfortably, you have to take it out. And we we like make fun of him all the time. Like he makes fun of it and you just can't yeah. put it down. You can't get That's rid of it. So I, re- funny. I, I recently followed a social media page that was called Costanza-isms. And it's just <laughs> memes of George Costanza. And, and those are the types of things on social media I, I enjoy hearing and, and, and seeing. And, you know, as far as like, I love seeing highlights of friends and how people are doing and stuff. But I, I really try to stay away from like the, that here's my thought. Because if you wanted my opinion, you'd ask. Right. So, no, I, I feel 100% the same way, Chris. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. want to know how, I, how I'm doing in my life and how I'm, how, what my beliefs are. And, you know, I saw, you know, this is crazy. So I didn't plan on sharing this, but Pastor Josh, we were in the main auditorium during a, a prayer. And we were talking about, uh, we like to golf every now and again. And we were recently paired up with some friends that he had from high school. And he was, uh, it, it, you know, we, we talked with them while playing golf and whatever, and that was the last of it. And, uh, it was well, now, I guess like almost a year and a half later, he recently got a message on social media that was just saying, Hey, I'm having a really hard time in my life. And I really enjoyed, uh, the interaction that I had with you and your friend at the golf course. And I love what you share on social. Uh, can you, can I come to your church? And it's just, it's those moments that it's like, Man, those are those are the worth it moments. Those are the reasons for social media. Because yeah. when somebody right. reaches out for help, you want to be the closest community possible. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think social media has its purposes. But you know, if we're just going to use it every day as something, I'm definitely going to use it for funnies. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I find myself now in this season using it just still as a tool. You know, like I'm yeah. kind of, I'm well, especially to running ch- a house campus. Like that's right. huge. Like. And I'm I mean, trying, we to, know. trying to chaplain, you know, and stuff for people trying to, to pastor in the field. So it's important that they know that I'm like boots on the ground. You know what I mean? I'm still in yeah. the space with them. And yeah. that's, it's a hard, I think people like the slow speed that it works in the arena where I'm work like when I'm working, I think people are having a hard time seeing me in both capacities at the same time. Yeah. And kind of understanding the connection of it. So uh, social media, it definitely has its place. And especially with having a house campus, um, a full, a full large church community. Cause you know, it's still, you know, we used to do paper bulletins for those who remember. Yeah. I do. <laughs> you know, it's, Dude. it's, uh, it, that was the way to get information out. But now we're at a point where 
hey, we're not having service today or, hey, we're canceling this. It's going out on social and it's going out on email. And that's pretty much it. And if you didn't get the the message, it's it's only it's very rare we get people probably like I would say in the past, we've gotten like two or three that maybe didn't even see the post or said, hey, I'm recently off social or, hey, I didn't get the email. But most I mean, we're talking. So let's say a service is canceled. You know, we're talking a thousand people over a weekend. We have to communicate that too. So just <laughs> yeah. like yeah. so, uh, social media <laughs> posted an email is all we can really do. And we, we kind of just pray that works and word of mouth spreads. We ask our leadership teams to share that stuff and also uh, communicate with them and, and let it spread. But, you know, I, you know, Pastor Jim talks about this, but he never used to cancel church because how were you going to tell your congregants that there was no church? Even when there was a terrible snowstorm, he'd still be there because right. people are going to show up because they know it's Sunday, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So crazy. That's wild. Yeah. It's been. I can remember when we first started coming to Freedom Center, this is how far back it goes, that yeah. you were just a, a little boy. No. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm trust me, I was, I was running the halls but, and causing trouble. <laughs> but they were doing, if you can remember, Ashley, you'll remember, they were doing a, like live announcements before service started on the stage. Those were fun. I thought those were fun. Oh, do you I remember when they I would have... I wasn't little. I was like <laughs> I thought you were Whatever. talking what I was like. No, I knew what he was talking about. I know he hasn't been there that long to see you <laughs> in middle school no. there. Um, no, I remember when we'd have somebody on the mic too, like talking to everybody before service started, like yep. before the countdown, walking around and stuff yeah. like that. That was so much fun. I love that stuff. Honestly, that we've uh, I sent that to our um, production uh, guy Jared over. I think it was uh, Christmas break. I saw uh, Elevation is doing like a pre-show, and it's it's you know it's uh, almost looks like a Monday Night Football setup. They have like a full like commentator desk, and they're in the middle of the lobby. If you get a check it a second, go check it out. Oh my gosh, that sounds! But, I'm always up for shenanigans. So like that looks yeah. just like tons of fun. <laughs> So they got they have a like a desk in their main lobby while people are coming in and it's like elevated so no one can like obviously walk in front of the camera or anything and they have like a, a ticker across the bottom and it has uh the logo the elevation logo in the corner with the time and the temperature and it looks like uh it looks like a, a espn broadcast it's, <laughs> it's a little concept it's a you know they're a lot larger than we are so it obviously would take a full production team to make that happen but i just thought wow that's a that is a unique concept that changes it up you know that's always the goal as far as like why we stop doing things is you know we do things i mean you, you guys have been in the main auditorium and we change the seating up you know it, it's, it's for special services but also it's to get you out of your comfort zone you know yeah. right. we're not supposed to just walk in and out of the mm -hmm. doors sunday after sunday Right. Mm, and Great. that sure puts me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you've never been inside the main auditorium, it's a, it's a square, it's square. And we kind of angled the seats toward the main stage. Well, we moved the main stage to the middle for a series and we made everybody face each other. And man, did that make people uncomfortable. They so distracting. It. Oh, it was distracting, but it was so good that you didn't have to have the lights just right. And you didn't have to have your seat and all the things like it was, you could worship the Lord, even looking across at your other congregants. Like, I think if anything, like that's one thing that I really enjoy about our church is we're always, we're always changing the things on people just so they don't get too comfortable because that's not what we're called to do as a church. We're not called yes. to be comfortable and put no. our name, on the, put our name on the seat and, you know, preach, preach my sermon pastor. And, you know, we'll go home and do the next <laughs> thing. But 
it's, you know, we're, we're creating an environment where people can come and experience the Lord and hopefully take that outside the four walls. So yeah, man. if you can change it up on people, they, they get it's, that renewed it's relationship. Fun. It so really I started is. on the Sundays that I'll, that I'll come down to the main campus. I came in for, well, on Vision Sunday, I felt like I should be there, you know, so yeah. I sat and this row is full and I'm over on the side where like FCA and staff usually is. And yeah. the seat I was in is angled perfectly. So you got the big screen and then that monitor right in front of it. I told you, <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I started getting vertigo. because like You one told me that. You actually came back to me and said that. And one eye is looking up here. I'm like, oh, I got to stand up. I'm going to yeah. pass out. <laughs> I'm not saying we have it right every time. And we still learn every now and then. We, we definitely figure out that, you know. I think I was just right in the exact perfect seat. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, that was just lined up just at that like that well jim i will say there pastor jim I, i'm thankful out of everybody in the main auditorium it was you and not like a new person <laughs> that was, I was like, nah. i was like what what is happening because i definitely could if you have the monitor in front of you and then the big monitor behind you <laughs> definitely can throw you off monitor so, inception yeah. <laughs> it was monitor inception so i just went to the back no big deal that's fine that's fine i went hey, and stood by uh, the sign that says don't stand in the back that's yeah you rebel my, my, my go-to move <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's getting uh bottle time for my daughter so i'm gonna i'm gonna start uh, is there is there any last minute things that you guys want to talk about before mm. I, I hop off no just you know thank you for being here um of course you know g- good conversation this you know yeah i would say in closing despite what we've all just come through you know as a, a military guy and a first responder guy those are cool moments. These are cool stories we're always going to have. Yeah. We went through adversity together. You know, that makes us, that gives us the capacity for the next thing that comes down the pipe where we have to adjust and all the words that Pastor Jim hates, like pivot and pioneer <laughs> and all those things, yeah. you know, like an experiment for a season. <laughs> yeah. I like that one though. I use that, but, yeah. um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just that is something that has grown the staff, you know, and you know, out of out of this, we had the opportunity to start our campus, you know. So it's been despite the situation and the circumstances that put us in this season, I think we're all better for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never been I've never been in a hard season and it and it to be, you know, it, I, I pray for it to end and I can't see the other side and it's the worst that I feel. I feel like this is the worst time of my life. God has never taken one of those and not used it to do something that I didn't see. You know, right. I, I've been in so many times where it's just like, you know, even going back to when I'm a child that I'm eight years old and my dad passes makes no sense whatsoever um, right. for for my mom to raise me on her own and, you know, us to have this house and like bills and stuff like that. Like it did not make any sense in the time, but the hardship that I faced as a child made me into the man that I am today. And I, and I, and I don't wish that upon anybody, but man, did it, did it, did it definitely make me realize this life as a whole is, you know, it it made me mature faster and um, grew up to who I wanted to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like Mm -hmm. the, the things, you know, <laughs> I hate it, but what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. <laughs> right. I, man. You know, I hate but to say it, but it's that's it, that is those things like you're describing, man. That's when I think of when I think of the our one of our favorite go tos, 
in yeah. in the faith is Romans eight twenty eight. That's what I think about. I think about the refining, you know, all like all things. I mean, obviously good things, but even these seasons and th- seasons of hardship, how yeah. we do come out with more yeah. capacity and better for it and stronger yeah. in faith and all yeah. those things, man. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite verses, um, ha- like going through hardships and stuff is Isaiah oh, 43, 19 or something in there. Um, it says, do you not perceive what I'm doing, but I will make a way in the desert and rivers in the wasteland. So yeah. out of something that's completely dead, there's no possible way God is going to lead us through and he's going to give life to dead places. Um, so, I mean, that's, those are, that's the, type of God, that's the type of God we love and we serve. And he's so <laughs> good to do incredible things through the things that would absolutely crush us, you know? So yeah. I think those are the hardest things to hold on to in seasons of, I don't understand. Yeah. But, but man, I think it's the only thing that gets us through, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's the only thing we have, you know, it's the only thing right. we can hold on to. So, right. you know, I, like I said before, I, after, after all the craziness with daughter being born, father-in-law in the hospital, um, it, it's been nuts, but I, I could fall back on my faith and God, you got this. I, there's, it is out of my hands. So whatever you're doing, yep. like just, I've let it be you, but I, you know, I'm praying, I'm praying for miraculous things to be done. And, you know, I, I don't want to share too much cause I don't, I don't have permission, but my, my father-in-law definitely experienced, uh, some, uh, some heavenly things. And I think yeah. it's going to be, uh, it was a big moment for his faith. And he talks about, I want to have a relationship with God. And I think I need to do the thing over again. And Katie's like the thing. And, I, and she's like, oh, I think he's <laughs> describing his salvation. Like those are, you know, the, yeah, it being a terif- it being a terrifying moment, but he takes all those things and works it out for the beauty of him. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we're living in it. So, yeah. Amen. Well, right thank on. you, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me. I hope I hope I shared some nuggets. I like talking oh, to you guys. So I could yeah. I could have gone all night, but my baby's giving me the look. <laughs> like, hey, you gotta to take care of your babies. You gotta yeah, take dude. care of your babies. I know that look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually followed by tears if I wait too long. So speaking hey, of that, uh, you guys, our youngest, Reagan, yeah. just lost her first tooth tonight, just before we started. Aww. Oh, how special. What do you do with it now? She gets cash. Tooth fairy comes and they get paid, man. That's what happens. That's what happens. You know, with, with inflation and all paid. the all the rates yeah. going up, it was it like twenty five dollars under the pillow? How much? I do you don't put know, man. There? I don't know. I don't know. Where like we I got are. like a quarter. You're probably like looking at. You're looking probably at like fifty bucks. The <laughs> most like recent nipple. tooth for Isaac would have been two dollars, but I told him if you yank it out yourself, I'll give you five right now, and he did it. Oh. That's awesome. That was like a month, couple months ago. Isaac Isaac in here with pliers. (laughs) (laughs) He's in there with a needle nose, just ripping teeth out now. Actually, next time you do that, make sure to film that. That Sounds fun. (laughs) Just show it to us. (laughs) Wild. All right. right. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for having me on. Love you, Lighthouse Experiment Podcast. Keep killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Right on. All right. Thank you, as usual, uh, Kingdom Builders and Freedom Center Church for your continued love and support. Uh, Keep following us on the socials. This episode will come up on Thursday. And then that's it. And thanks for listening. See you guys next time.